Hey, it's Chris Edgerly, voice of Pathfinder and Apex Legends, and you are listening to the Good Morning Guys podcast. One, two, three, four. Good morning, my brothers and sisters. On this, our 89th episode of the Good Morning Guys podcast. Thank you so much for joining us as we discuss the game of life amidst the other games we love to watch and play. I am one of your hosts, the Brazilian Mountaineer and Pixar apologist, Lucas Ham Swisher. Also with me, the judge, jury, and executioner of fake news and spoilers, and Long John Silvers, Patrick Novacell. I don't like how you added the Long John Silvers into that now. Come on, you gotta (laughs) own it, man. You love that place. Made him seem gross. It's yours. (laughs) Woo! Next to that guy. The volleyball and beast of the East who can make you laugh in three words or less, or your money back. Ronnie Johantis. Hi. And our final member of the GMG Quadfecta, who's got music in his heart, Doctor Who on his brain and La Coretta in his old stomacho, Mark Boucher. Well, tonight it's grilled chicken, Oh, not, not La Coretta. Fair enough. I will edit that. I did have it a few days week. ago. Good to know. <laughs> in addition to the usual crew, we are tonight a quint... Fecta, once again, we have a special guest with us. He's a voice actor extraordinaire, bringing to life everything from a gun-toting, zip-lining robot in Apex Legends to a triple scythe-wielding shinobi in Naruto Shippuden to a plethora of characters in The Simpsons, thousands of grunts and brutes in the Halo series, and my personal favorite, and my children's personal favorite, Sid Highwind in Final Fantasy VII, Advent Children, and the Kingdom Hearts series, just to name a few which barely scratches the surface of his career in animation, video games, and film. Chris Edgerly. Hey, hey, hey. How's it going? We're the monkeys. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Thank you for Welcome, having me. Welcome, Chris. Yeah. Yeah, man. We are so glad to have you this final morning. How goes it in the city of Angels? I no, uh, no complaints here. Uh, the weather is good. And, um, you know, I, I got out briefly, put on the old mask. There you go. Threw on the sunglasses, yeah. threw on the cap. And, um, you know, picked up a couple of supplies and headed right back home. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a different world, isn't it? <laughs> it's, yes, it is. You're Absolutely. Telling us. Yeah, we, uh, yeah. We, are, we were talking about how the fact that um, uh, my wife and I, that we have a six-year-old and an eight-year-old, and we moved into this nice two-story condo. It's right in this village area where we could walk to everything for the last five years. That's what we've done. It's what we like yeah. to do. And now we're thinking, we got to get a house. Well, we got to get a house because <laughs> yeah. I can't walk the same way I walked before with the same carefree spirit. We uh, have kids that are getting older that need more space. And so mm-hmm. now, yeah, we're, we're completely, we're, we're taking on this fortress mentality. And uh, we're not the only see. ones. You no, know? yeah. Not. So in that for the people that the are, territory. yeah, <laughs> I, I, I feel for the people that, don't have the option. We're lucky. You know, we have the option. My work hasn't changed. It's just I'm doing it all from home, but right. all the jobs are still there, knock on wood. So, uh, and I, it doesn't change my streaming at all. And, um, you know, I, I, I'm counting my lucky stars amidst what is uh, <laughs> at, at least a very unfortunate situation for people. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Well, now, what kinds of things have you been doing to to 
you know, keep yourself, I mean, obviously you're, and we'll talk more about it, but you stream and, and things like that. What have you guys been doing anything different while you're, while you're kind of quarantining, uh, any special like games you play together or stuff like that? What have you been trying to do to stay sane? Um, well for us, you know, we were a pretty tight family before. Um, mm-hmm. we're just, uh, my wife and I have always been in each other's space all the time that is that's been our relationship wrong with from that. day one nothing wrong with it at all and uh we're just we've always been that way and same with the kids we're pretty tight and of course you know every now and then you need to steal away into another room and have some time to decompress mm-hmm. and reset but for the most part it revolves around what the kids can do because i uh in our building there's a little gym area and I don't use yeah. that now because it's communal. And it's not a big mm, building. Yeah. There are not a lot of units, but other people use it. And I just think, you take it, go, have it. I can do my workout in my place. I don't use weights. And so I'm still continuing to exercise. I'll go out for a jog with a mask on. And I used to not do that. I used to get on a treadmill or, or an elliptical in the exercise room. And now I just figured, no, oh, just go out. That'll be my time out yeah. in the sun. And I'll stay away from everybody. And then um, when I get back home, I'll do my exercise inside. And then, um, you know, my push-ups, my my calisthenics, and my wife does the same thing. And when it comes to the kids, it's it's remote learning. So, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, oh, yeah. They, they can't go yep. off to school. So we have to have them Zoom linking two or three times a day with their now, school. What grades are they in? They're in first and third, but they're in a Montessori school. So it's not okay. your traditional learning experience. When they were in class together, they were literally in the same classroom because it's a smaller place. Yeah. So they okay. have uh, six, seven, and eight-year-olds all together. And so nice. what they'll do now is they'll just have them Zoom link in at different times during the day. But at the beginning and the end of the day, they'll all do it together. And then for them to play with their friends, because it used to be activities for them after school, now the activity mm-hmm. is we let them use our iPads and they link up with their friends and they play games together. Yeah. So we just, we we haven't missed a beat as far as how we're connecting with each other, but we are feeling the fact that we don't have a proper yard. We have a, we have a patio that's above, yeah. we're above the, the street. So there's a little bit of sunshine there for them, but a, a short of taking them out, putting masks on them and all that. Yeah. That's about all they can do. And so, um, I, other than that, our schedule has not changed that much. They just don't have that outside time, but they're connecting with their friends. So thank goodness for tech. Yeah, no doubt. Thank goodness for tech. Indeed. Yeah. I know that, you know, with my family, we're in the same boat with the distance learning. Um, I know both Patrick and I, we have a seven and 10 year old. Okay. And, we, Mindy, my wife is a teacher. I'm right. a, I'm a missionary and a pastor. So we have all these people to keep connected with along with our kids distance learning. So we all have to have, uh, you know, a device. And unfortunately my son drew the short end of the stick and he has like the seven year old laptop. Uh, <laughs> you just kind of, you know, press power on, go make a sandwich, uh, click on your little, you know, seesaw, your little uh, app that he has to use. To here, here, son, and enjoy this Texas Instruments laptop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's got really cool games on it. There's this got drug dealing sink. game that yeah. you can play. <laughs> You're not ready for that one yet. Yeah. That'll help you teach, learn math. It's got now, a pull uh, start on it like a lawnmower. 
You know, the yeah. <laughs> the uh, the decision my wife and I came to, and my wife was out front on this, because of my schedule with voiceover, it's my gigs come at different times, and they change the times, and my auditions come in at different times. And then there's my stream on Tuesday through Friday, like noon to two, noon to three. And I realized I'm not going to be able to help you with the remote learning as much. I'm only going to be there yeah. sporadically. And she said, I'll take care of it. And she's decided, you know what? They're learning faster with me. Because, as I'm sure your wife knows, most of the teaching is actually being done by the parent when you're remote learning. Right. Because they can only check in so much. Then you do the work and you check back in. And she said, let's just homeschool them. Even after all this lifts, she said, I can get through to them. And we love Montessori because we tried traditional schools Mm -hmm. and it's just not for us. And she said, I think I can get through to them more. As good as the teachers are, they're going to learn faster under me because we look at their progress with her teaching and then with them at school where they have more chances to sort of goof off. And sure. And when, right. and when, right. you're, when you're at home uh, yeah. and you're only relying on just, just one student rather than 30 other students and right. waiting for them to finish their test or finish that, you yeah. know, like... You know, it's 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 a lot less time. You know, it's, it's a an eight hour day can be two hours. Yeah, and this is not the teacher's fault either. It's just this is the dynamic. Whereas sure. with at home, yep. sometimes I can take uh, one of them. My wife can take the other. We can we can really get a lot of work done. You yep. need about three hours to get everything in that would take place yeah. over a school day, and then you have. So she's looking into uh, what the requirements are, and we're in California, and three hours a day. That's what mm-hmm. they require. Yeah, uh, nice. we, we can do wow, that. Okay. Right. So, yeah. So, I yeah, I, I don't know if you guys are anxiously waiting for the schools to open back up so you can drop your kids off again, or if you're thinking, I don't know, maybe home homeschooling is not a bad idea. It's different for everybody. Lucas has some information about that. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> I just got I just got told last week that uh, we're we're out until August. So classes are still going. My kids are still distance learning until the I think the second week of June, uh, but then nothing until August. Where are you uh, guys? Which is fine. Well, I'm in uh, Sao Paulo, Brazil. So I'm getting oh, okay. a little bit of a different flavor. Yeah, and, quite a uh, bit experience with this whole COVID nineteen pandemic well uh, because for the most part nobody's paying attention here in the city of sao paulo brazilians are still hugging each other walking oh, around man. everywhere driving around the government can't agree with the media and the media can't agree with the people it's a yeah i heard a big mess i heard your president was doing uh push-ups with people the other day it was <laughs> oh, it yeah. bolsonaro yeah I'm, I'm surprised he wasn't hugging them between you know, know reps or something and he's already had it on the cheek he's already had it <laughs> yeah yeah. Oh well, it's it's crazy. We're, we've jumped up to number I think three now in the the world. Oh, a month man. and a half ago, we were twelve or thirteen. It's and, uh, yeah. My wife is from Venezuela, and um, she you know they have their own issues right now. And oh, yeah. things were bad before COVID. I don't even know what COVID has done there. She talks Oof. to her friends Latin occasionally, American but countries yeah. are terrible. Yeah, because the the press does not quite get the um, the the free reign it does to report. And um, there's uh, then you got to com- yeah you got to compete with state media too so the messaging is a real problem so yeah. good luck for sure <laughs> good yeah, luck <laughs> <laughs> well we ha- we get a lot of guidance from the U S and we've just decided you know what regardless of what 
the you know what people say we're going to stick with the u.s guidelines which thankfully have been a little more i think responsible i mean i know yeah. there are pockets of americans that are like i want to do what i want and go out and hey, yeah. you know, do whatever but for the most part i feel like solid the american, american people have been pretty though. responsible yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know I that is, yeah. <laughs> Do what I, I want when I want <laughs> exactly, and I live in a place that's, uh, and I and I'm fairly left of center myself. But there's a there's quite a bit of a rational middle for me, and I live in a place that's pretty progressive, and I still see people out with no masks on, and I'm thinking you're not special, okay? Yeah. And I know you're outside. You're not invincible. Yeah. You think well, I'm outside. Yeah, but you're gonna stop. And you're going to do this and you're going to touch that and you're going to spit when you talk to somebody and you just don't realize yeah. that it's, it's, um, yeah, I, I know it, it makes me angry, but you can't tell behind my mask. And she's like, that <laughs> 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 guy's still looking at smiling? me over there. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I, I think he's smiling. I don't know. I think he's smiling. That's a really weird wave, but you know, otherwise he seems. He's <laughs> yeah. missing some fingers. Yeah. Yeah. Not all five of them. <laughs> <I know. laughs> Are there four oh, more right. waves coming after that? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right, listeners and joiners, just to get you up to speed on what's going on, this is the Good Morning Guys podcast, and as we've been doing for the past ten or so minutes, uh, it's all about life. Uh, we do like to talk about games. We do enjoy connecting uh, uh, with folks just talking about uh, all of those different things on here, Discord, Twitter. Uh, usually we'll start out with some personal updates going all around, but today is special because we have Chris with us and we just want to focus on getting to know him, uh, kind of getting an idea of what his life's all about behind the mic and you know outside of that. So it's been cool so far to hear that. Uh, and with that, I think we're just going to jo- jump right into the GMG gauntlet. Are you ready, Chris? Sure. You guys sure you don't want to give your personal updates? I, I'm interested. <laughs> Come on, Mark, what? Ronnie, Patrick. It. It's up to them. We, did, we didn't do anything. Oh. I, I played video games all week. All right. So just like before COVID, huh? <laughs> pretty much exactly. <laughs> Nothing yeah. has changed. It's pretty much I, confessions. Yeah. They're making us stay inside. Great. That's what I love to do anyways. Great. Yeah. <laughs> I can yeah. wear my sweatpants. Preparing all, all my life for yeah, this. I know. <laughs> Only I have the stamina. So. <laughs> yeah, this has been a boon to streamers. They they just I, this oh, has yeah. not oh, altered yeah. their lives at all. Not right. at all. Yeah, video gamers are like, ah, we're in our element. Yes, and now we can do this yes. guilt free mm-hmm. without anyone judging us. <laughs> yep. Well, as you already know, I'm, I'm, most of the people listening to the show know I played Apex this week. Especially you since no uh, way. Don't what say that surprise. just because Chris is on the show, Mark. <laughs> as did I. Sucking up to the kids. <laughs> been playing the mess out of it since season five dropped. It's been it's been awesome. And uh also uh my wife and I the other night watched uh Scoob. The uh, uh, so did my kids. My did kids they? we bought it for them, yeah. Nice. Yeah, I I enjoyed it. My wife enjoyed it. We thought it was we thought it was a good, nice modern take on it. Um, uh-huh. We had sort of a different reasoning for it, um, mainly just because my uh, I had a best friend that passed away in October, and oh. uh, his nickname was Scooby, and it was okay. kind of a you know a, a way to dedicate something to him was to to watch uh-huh. that movie, um, uh-huh. but, um, but yeah, it was it was good. I I enjoyed it. Um, you know, you could tell it was definitely a kids movie, but they did a good job with it. Um, and they they threw a few jokes in there for the parents. They oh, knew. definitely. Yeah, that's yeah. That, that's been with a lot of movies lately. That's like, 
Yeah, I mean, really think about what they just said. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I noticed. I love with that the, about. Yeah, the Blue Falcon character. They threw a few adult jokes in there. Yep. <laughs> and Gotta love Mark modern Wahlberg animated films. Is the, mm-hmm. <laughs> the Blue Falcon. <laughs> I yeah. Um, for my uh, for my job, sometimes I will audition to voice match people for movies because sometimes they're not available to re-record every bit of dialogue until okay. later and they'll need something for temporary track they call them scratch tracks and i auditioned for mark Wahlberg's blue falcon just what? uh fill in really? the gaps i did not book it but okay. i thought i would have been fine because it's obviously mark Wahlberg. you know he has that he has that sort of yeah i'm gonna finish my line <laughs> I mean, everything's everything's gonna end up on my lines yeah Yes, Have good. you ever seen okay. that Andy Samberg bit from Saturday oh, Night yeah. Live? <laughs> now I'm going to talk to a goat. Yeah. How's it going, say goat? Hi to you. Yeah. How's it going? Yeah. Say hi to your mother for me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was perfect. It was great. But yeah, my kids love the movie, and I cheated a look over at it every now and then. I thought, yeah, that's actually kind of funny. It's got some good moments in it. So yeah. And it's I'm glad because I'm going to see it 50 more times through them. I'm yes, sure you are. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that was pretty much pretty much my week. Um well, other than we're back to church. Uh Chris, I am also in ministry like Lucas is. I'm I'm the music pastor at a church. Um and uh we the the state of Virginia, they actually changed their lifted some of their restrictions um so that churches are allowed to have uh 50% capacity. Um hmm. How do you we, stagger that? How do you stagger that seating? Um, well, basically, what we said was um, pool noodles. Yes, that's how they that's do it. it. Pool yeah. <laughs> Pop it on their head like a hat. And do you? you just, do you? Well, obviously, like I haven't. I am no longer a religious person. Sure. Um, I was. I was raised. Uh, let's see. I was raised Episcopalian. I was an acolyte for ten years. Okay. Uh, and it was. Uh, let's see. What is it? Sort of a high mass. I think they call it smells and bells. We had. Okay. The, I carried the crucifix. We swung the incense. We did all of that. I went to Catholic schools, all of that. So I had a lot of mass, a lot of experience with mass. And, you know, you shake the hand of your neighbor, you hug someone hello, you pass the collection plate. I'm sure all of that has to be tweaked quite oh, a yeah, bit. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, basically, what we've had to do, and, and we're not, not as traditional in that sense. Okay. Um, we're, we're a lot more, I guess... Modern would be the word for it, but right. um, but in any case, um, yeah, we've had to tweak a lot of things. Um, basically, we said, okay, so for people who are older or have you know pre-existing immune immune conditions to where uh-huh. they be might might be more susceptible, let's right. go ahead. You continue to stay home. Um, right. And uh, my pastor recorded um, recorded his sermon and posted it online so they could hear Mm -hmm. the sermon still and stuff. Um, Basically we have the way our seating is set up, they're individual chairs and we spaced out all our rows so that they're six feet apart. Um, And basically we said, um, you know, families can group together because they're families, but you know, other families um, typically four of our chairs is six feet apart. Okay. So as long as you're pretty much staying four chairs apart, you're good. Um, we're not passing the plate like we normally would. Um, we've been really pushing the the idea of, of giving online as you feel led. Smart. Um, yeah. We did have one person um, sort of at standing at the door with a plate. 
and then I think from there, um, they probably, you know, did their counting and stuff with gloves and things like that. Um, there's, there's, um, sanitizer in several different places. We right. had, um, uh, we had different members of the church basically opening doors. Um, so it's only one person grabbing the handle and just opening the door for people. All that, all that kind of stuff. So uh, what right. does that do to your the capacity then? Because if you're if you're stretching it out six feet apart, I mean it's got to be an honestly, only a quarter or something. Honestly, it didn't hit us that much um, because the last count that we had was about seventy two people, and um, capacity is is larger than that. But that's our average attendance is is mm-hmm, seventy two. Mm-hmm. So if you basically tell the more at risk risk people recommend them to stay home then you're pretty much at that capacity at that oh, okay. you know, well, 50%. Then that's um so um which i think the cap was 61 were were allowed in and we, we pretty much had that um i think we may we also did um we have a short range fm transmitter um cuz we've been doing some like drive-in type services where people could be in their cars um cuz we're allowed to do that here in this state um, and, but we basically kept that going. So if we did hit capacity, people could still sit out in the cars and, and listen to, to mm. the service going on if they wanted to do that. Um, what if you're driving by and you catch some of it and then, all right, let's swing back around. I hear what he's saying. <laughs> he only catches about work. half of the sermon. Drive and by so... Service. Yeah, exactly. All right, sweet. All right, let's go get a burger. I, I want to come back for the ending. I hear the ending's yeah, good. Yeah, for the third what? point. I yeah, exactly. This is a good one. Exactly. <laughs> well, my mom is uh, still a, a devout churchgoer, and I think she would, before, pre-COVID, she was going, I mean, she's retired, so she was going, obviously, on Sunday, and I think she would go during the week, and she would help out a lot, and she said they're just doing all online services. And, yeah, for, um, yeah, for quite Zoom a while, we were... And, yeah. For quite a while, we were doing mainly online stuff while while we had the restrictions here. Um, yeah. You know, we canceled all tr- main you know in person church services. Everything was done through YouTube, all that kind of stuff. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, yeah, like I said, I know not every not every state's like this, but some states have started kind of easing back right. gently on on restrictions. Um, this part of Virginia wasn't. Um, I mean, we certainly had cases, um, but. Yeah. They we didn't we weren't affected as bad as like the northern part of Virginia, um, right? So that's but, a, that's more of a high density population in northern Virginia. Yeah, I have family there. I, really, my uncle and my uh, I have an uncle and a brother there. So that's one's right, in McLean. Yeah, one's in McLean. One's in Arlington. Okay. Yep, I've been there. Nice. Yeah. Uh, and you're originally from Maryland, right? I was born in Silver Spring, and then okay. uh, my parents split when I was two, and so I would go up to Silver Spring and Rockville and Gaithersburg, depending on where my dad was living at the time because he was working with the government. And I guess as he moved up, like his, oh, his, his apartment's nicer this year. And then, oh, it's a condo now. And so, oh, it's a house. So, <laughs> I, yeah. There you go. And, and yeah, I would visit like once or twice a year. And I got to know the area. And I always really loved the inside the beltway. I thought it was beautiful. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then, uh, like, I... I grew up in Savannah, Georgia. And okay. so, yeah. And so one of my brothers, like two of my brothers, I have, I have three brothers. Two of them went off to work 
in the government. And then one of them ended up coming out here to L.A. And he still does work uh, like with the V.A. And oh, wow. my okay. younger brother works with the Secret Service in accounting. So he's inside the Beltway. And gotcha. um, he tells me that, yeah, it's I mean, it's it's the D.C. metro area. So yeah. I said, yep. brother, you better Kinda mind your P's and Q's, man. Yeah. Yeah, that's there are subways there that I mean it's high density. Yep. So absolutely, say, be careful. Mm. So you may as well For marry sure. that girlfriend because uh, you might not. You know, you guys may as well just move in and get married. I don't know. Just blame it on COVID. You know, <laughs> COVID. Yeah. Who is your witness for this betrothal? Yeah. COVID and Corona. Yeah. Patrick, how about you, buddy? What's been going on? Well, I had uh, like four days off of work, so there's been a lot oh, yeah. of uh, gaming weekend. and a lot of uh, video gaming and gaming with the, with the kids uh, as far as like board games go. But I, yeah, like Mark said, I've been I've been uh, you know neck deep in the new Apex Season Five, and it's uh, love the new map changes they've done to 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 uh, Kings Canyon. Um, I love the rig spot. The rig is my favorite. Uh, I love all the new voice lines. Uh, they're all they're all like uh, it's getting better and better every season uh, with all the voice lines and how they're all playing off of each other. Uh, I really enjoy that. And then I've uh, been uh, trudging through that new Final Fantasy VII uh, remake. Yeah. Um, I'm currently in chapter fourteen of eighteen, so um, going through that. Um, but back to the the uh, movies. So my daughter, she's ten, and. Um, we're getting to the point. She's a little bit more mature for her age, so she gets. A, she's always been ahead of ahead of her of her age, um, as far as like getting understanding things um, uh, that shouldn't. You know, ten year olds shouldn't really understand. She has a lot of questions. She's very inquisitive. Um, so, and uh, we've we've started to get into the uh, PG thirteen movies uh mm-hmm. and we're picking and choosing them so you know we're going with like the pirates of the caribbean um you know avatar you know things that that are that are don't have many suggestive themes um there are a little bit of cussing and things like that uh so this past uh past weekend we watched signs that m night Shyamalan oh. movie wow okay that's yeah, it that's a yeah. pretty that's okay. a pretty cool movie though you uh, know? I, it, is, it is and and because suspenseful with, yeah, with PG thirteen movies, there are you know more um, adult. You know the the, the storylines are a little bit more complex. They're not just like straight yeah. line like PG movies are, and they're just funny and hilarious, and then that's it. Uh, yeah. With PG thirteen, it gets a little bit more complex. Uh, so you know we would pause the movie. I'm like, hey, did you understand that part? You know why they're doing that? Um, and <laughs> we get to we get to the end end of the part. That's M Night Shyamalan. End of the movie. You know that everything all <laughs> yeah. comes together. Here's yep. the twist. You know, like it's everything comes together. And so I'm I pause it. I'm like, okay, this is the going on. This is going on. Just remember, this happened back about an hour ago. <laughs> this is, and uh, it ends. Give her the play by play. Yeah. Well. Yeah. So yeah. you did because she, I could see <laughs> see her like deer in the headlights kind of thing. Like okay, okay. she's trying to put it all together. Uh, and then. Um, then it ends, and I was like, "Did you like the movie?" And she's like, "Yeah, I, I really, I really did." And I was like, "Did you understand uh, the end?" And she's like, "Nope, nothing." I had to tell her like, "Okay, the daughter yeah. had this, the son had this, the brother had right. this, you know, the the dad had this, the wife, the dad's wife uh, said this, and this is why it all yeah. came together." And that's when she understood. Uh, but 
but yeah, that's uh, digging into the little the PG thirteen movies. You know, like these are the not the the PG PG movies are good, and the G movies are good. You know, like the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. You know, the, right. those kinds of movies are fun to watch with her. Uh, but uh, but yeah, PG thirteen. It's kind of you know showing her you know the good movies like Jurassic Park and things like that. So <laughs> mm-hmm. it's uh, it's fun getting into that. Nice. Yeah, man, I uh, I totally feel you with uh, watching, you know, maybe more complex films with the kids. We've been going through the Disney movies uh, chronologically, so we just crossed into the 1960s. So this past weekend, we watched the old classic Pollyanna. I'm sure oh, goodness. Uh, you've seen it. That's throwing it back. <laughs> yeah. My, yeah, my daughter got on a princess kick, and she started with, I can't remember which one she started with, but she has seen every Disney princess movie, the animated ones. Okay. And uh, and it is funny when you look back at the 30s, 40s, 50s, the plots were extremely simple right? because yeah. they made them only for kids. The adults were fascinating because the animation was so good, but the plots were bare bones and there was very little character development. It was just here. Here's one facet. But my yeah. daughter is six. And when it came to Beauty and the Beast, she loved it over oh, and bet. over and over yeah. again. But by the time you get to Pixar... It's it's oh, a man. whole different ball of wax. Oh, emotional whole ride. different ball of wax. Absolutely, Pixar yeah. is they're the best. Yeah, yeah, that's good stuff, and that's that's the standard right there is the Pixar movies. So we've kind of watched it in chronological order to kind of build things uh-huh. and to you know we've been rating them together as a family. Uh, but you know what's funny, Chris, is with some of the early Disney films, it goes like it goes to the far side from simple to complex because occasionally Disney with like Pollyanna. Treasure Island, some of those older live-action ones, they were based off of books. Yeah. And they include a lot of the vocabulary they used, a lot of things that happen that is kind of complex. And there are times, uh, like with Patrick's daughter, Claire, with my daughter, Natasha, it's like, okay, did you get what's going on? Now, what's funny is my son is seven, and he picks up on stuff faster than his sister by like uh, – like 20 minutes and like uh-huh. my daughter will ask a question from 20 minutes ago and he'll be like tasha did you not pay attention it's this <laughs> and that and uh, he'll get frustrated with her it's kind of funny but uh we watched pollyanna we watched uh, swiss family robinson mm-hmm. and uh the kids loved him and i'll be honest that when i was a little boy my son's age seven eight years old like i would watch those but i did not get into them very much i was just like okay this is you know i have 20 channels so this is what I'm watching because I don't have any other options. Yeah. Um, but well. with this, they've really enjoyed them. They really liked them. They want to watch them again sometime. And both my wife and I are like, you can do that on your own. <laughs> we watched them the one time. Yeah. We're good. You know. Yeah. You know. If they enjoyed so. Swiss Family Robinson, you can throw them a curve. Well, if you got all that, next up, Lord of the Flies. <laughs> oh yeah buckle yeah. up well, <laughs> yeah. well we, we watched uh, Old Yeller with him a couple weeks ago oh so. man he started yeah. with that <laughs> no I didn't start with it it was in chronological order so well, they, yeah. but that was the first tearjerker I mean, they got to watch man yeah I know see I remember that one and that one was pretty rough that one was pretty yeah. rough on me but <laughs> I also remember rough uh, yes exactly well done bark, bark. see what you did <laughs> And they um, see, I'm I'm older than you guys, and I grew up uh, in the '70s where you could see most anything in the theater, and it wasn't yet they they hadn't really gone back and sort of admitted that okay, uh, a lot of our entertainment in the past is pretty racist. 
You know, they just said, <laughs> right. no, here, this is from the 50s. Um, you want to explain some of that dialogue? No. No. It's just what <laughs> granddad liked, you know. So I saw Song of the South in the theater and yeah. with wow. Uncle Remus. And by the way, it's a wonderful piece of entertainment if you it take is. it for what it is. But right. at the same time, that is, uh, to say the least, uh, a problematic character. And, um, and you know, if you're a kid, you're not going to question any of that stuff. You're just going to watch it. You're going to have fun. Yep. You think Uncle Remus is super cool. He tells these great stories. And, oh, here's the animation. Br'er Rabbit is hysterical. All of yep. that. But you get older and you realize, oh, my God, this is um, really a product of its time. And yep. Yep. so. Sure. I, I don't even know if that's on Disney Plus or not. I wonder it's if they not. had a conversation. It is not. No. Yeah, it is not. <laughs> Oddly enough, that's like the uncle you don't invite over. It's like, what about Uncle Dan? <laughs> uncle Dan, no, because if you ask him an open-ended question, then he's going to get going on that's, you. So. That's yeah. the Voldemort yeah. of Disney. We do not. We do not yeah, exactly. Him. And that's the thing is that I think that um, I, I'm one of those people that thinks I don't think you should banish this. I just think that, yes, you need to preserve it as a piece of enter- entertainment the same way you would as Birth of a Nation. So, yeah. you know, no, I, I don't think anyone's watching Birth of a Nation unironically at this point. You really do recognize, okay, this is of its time. So, yeah, when you look at some of the Disney stuff, some of their earlier work, and same thing goes for Warner Brothers cartoons, for Tex Avery cartoons. These are really masterful pieces of entertainment that are really of their time. And you look at them now and you think, well... I, I don't think I can let my kids see this. Yeah. Because right. I, I can't explain it quite adequately enough. Sure. And so I I when they're older I'll say you can watch whatever you want because now you have a handle yeah. on it. But as we're right. growing up, you know, and as I'm as my kids are watching some of the same entertainment I watched, I realized a lot of this stuff does not for them it doesn't exist, but for me it did. But the world has changed. And yeah. I don't know if you guys come across that at all. You you see stuff that you grew up with and you realize, I can't show that to my kid now. Oh, for sure. I mean, even watching these uh, old Disney movies, uh, I don't oh. know if you're aware, but in Treasure Island, the the original one, uh, a guy gets shot in the face with a gun. Oh, really? Uh, it splats <laughs> ketchup on his forehead. It, oh, it puts a little ketchup on his forehead, but it like it doesn't cut away. It like, you know, okay. they, they shoot each other in the face. Uh, a little boy gets stabbed in the arm. It, it looks like he's gonna like get killed by this pirate. It, it like it, it kind of freaked my son out a little bit. Yeah, um, yeah. Like in it, uh, back in the eighties, the, the the movies that were PG. You know, they shoot. Yeah. Oh, like they're, they're, nowadays they're not PG. You know, like we we were like, okay, PG. Goonies was PG. All right, I remember watching that when I was a kid. Yeah. We turned it on. You know, the first few words in there were a few cuss words. I'm like, okay, we're gonna watch something else, guys. <laughs> <laughs> It, wow, yeah, I, it I really do not remember is. this. <laughs> yeah, I, I know the sensibilities change. I, I don't know how you guys feel about it. I, I think it's sort of a push. Certain things I think people are overly sensitive about, and I don't yeah. think you need to protect your kids from everything. Other things, it's like, yeah, my kids don't need to see that. I saw it, and I um, I shouldn't have. And so right. I yeah. I sort of, yeah. I do it a la carte. I take it as it comes. Mm-hmm. You know, Well, and you have to, each decision. kid is different, too. Yeah. Like, like with my son... Uh, back in the day, I don't know if any of you guys are familiar with Bubble Guppies, but oh yeah, uh, it's just yep. a, it's just a kid show. And he was watching an episode where a dinosaur was chasing the cop car with the Bubble Guppies, and he was probably three years old, 
uh-huh. and he acted like we were watching Saw or uh, <laughs> Night of the Living Dead. Like no, that he was, was so scared for the that bubble was uh, that was the next night when you watched Saw. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, we were like, oh, hardcore. This is how you feel about this. Let's watch a real game. scary movie. <laughs> yeah, this is nothing, son. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I do think it's interesting just how quickly some things change. My wife and I first started dating in 2008. One of the first movies we saw together was Tropic Thunder, which mm. oh my gosh. is a okay. is an absolute classic to me. It is so spot on. And now it it, ha- it seems to happen every year or every few months. Someone on Twitter who's usually a teenager discovers yeah. Tropic Thunder and is absolutely outraged. And then what follows is a bunch of older people just rolling their eyes at them saying this this movie is satirical. They're making fun of actors who act like this. It's not, you know, deadpan serious about any of it. And they and it's almost always a case of someone not even having seen it. And so that's absolutely when the kids are old enough, because it's I believe it's rated R. Sure. Um, Yeah. I believe Steve Coogan's (laughs) character basically gets beheaded by an explosion and they have a joke with it. (laughs) So it's like, yeah, you can't watch that yet. But but I will absolutely let my kids watch that later because it's a send up of everyone who takes themselves too seriously. And Mm. yet now I don't know if you could make that movie. And it's only been 12 years. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's crazy how fast times have changed. For sure. Yeah. All right. Speaking of things changing, we are going to change gears into uh, a little bit more about you, Chris, into our topic of the show, which is you. And so without further ado, let's jump into the GMG gauntlet where we are going to pummel you with questions. Bring it. And hope that you survive. Actually, we're more worried about us surviving because you've done this way more than we have, and uh, uh, we're pretty right. green at this stuff. But I haven't done I haven't done eighty nine episodes of my um, of my interviews. I've done a lot of okay. you know, streaming, but I haven't done eighty nine interviews. Yet. I think I've done twenty. So, how many voices have you done? Like like uh, not not uh, like how many voices can you do? But like how like many official professionally? Yeah, professionally. I don't take. I don't know because I've been like I started professionally in 92 my first professional gig was as a stand-up comic out of college so I yeah. technically I even did one sort of paid gig in college that's where I discovered stand-up comedy and then uh, in 92 I was graduated by then I was back home and I was doing open mic nights and MC gigs and all that and I moved to Orlando in 93. And at some point, I think later in 93, I started to get the occasional little local radio gig where I would do a voice for somebody's mattress store or something, you know, what right. have you. And I would do character stuff. And, um, and around 95, I was booking stuff for an agency there on camera and voiceover and even back then, I was occasionally doing character stuff. And then in 2000, I had moved to L.A. by then, and I'd gotten an agent and um, for voiceover, and I started working. And in the 20 years since that's taken place, I've done hundreds of commercials, over 100 video games, dozens of animated, you know, episodes. And in the yeah. 
case of The Simpsons, I always do ancillary characters. I'm not one of the main characters of the cast, but I've done random voices for them. So I, and you know, a lot of the voices I do for commercials, sometimes it's just me, but sometimes it's a character kind of voice. So I, I would just conservatively say I've done, I guess, uh, more than a hundred different voices, I guess. So, I mean, some of them sound suspiciously like other ones, but they are different (laughs) characterizations. Right, right. Yeah. Different motivations and all that stuff. So, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, there's, you'd have to, like, my IMDb page has all my animation and my video game work and right. whatever TV and movies I've done. And they're about 95% correct on that. They're not absolutely correct, but they're pretty close. And there are certain things they're missing, but for the most part, that's spot on. And then there are all the commercials, and I've done, you know, probably two, three hundred commercials over the years. Wow. And um, yeah, I mean, and that's not that much compared to some of my colleagues. So, and a lot of those commercials, I'm just doing my voice, but in other commercials, I'm doing a character. So, I don't know. Let's let's just let's call it between one and two hundred different voices. We'll we'll say that. That sounds okay. fair. Yeah. So so according to <laughs> so according to Wikipedia. Uh, you well, are. There's your first mistake. Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, I know you can't. You can't. According take to Wikipedia, <laughs> yeah, according to Wikipedia, I think the stock market crash of 1929 was caused by Benjamin Franklin riding a Velociraptor down Main Street. I think. That actually, yep, Wikipedia. Which was yeah. awesome. I know. Yeah, it's on the internet. It must be true. Yeah, but it does say you are a singer, and I want to know: is yeah. that is that part of it? Is that true? No. No, oh. I've I've sang. Yes, I ha- I have sang, but not as I mean, some of my jobs as a voice actor have included a little bit of singing. Like some of it is on The Simpsons, but right. no, oh, I mean, okay. and I'm a so I'm a pretty good mimic, and I can sort of mimic some singing. And my wife is a singer, and she says your voice isn't that bad, but there's a limit to what I can do. So one day on my stream, I sort of sang like Peter Gabriel for one of the viewers. Uh, nice. I sang some of Sledgehammer. And, um, you know, she got a kick out of those for one of my mods. So I can kind of do that, but it doesn't make me a singer. So, I mean, they they can technically get away with that because I have been paid to sing, but it was very peripheral. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, we just wondered if you had any sort of a background. Like, uh, you know, we talked to Justine a couple weeks ago and... Um, she can sing. Yeah, she comes from a musical theater background, so... Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I do not. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And by the way, we did Legends Karaoke a few months back where a lot of the Legends actors got together for karaoke. Yeah. And man, oh man, they are, I mean, Justine Allegra, Zara Fuzzle, who's the voice of the AI. Yep. um, Darren DePaul, uh, who has done Broadway and so has his wife. They're amazing singers. Mm, And I'm sitting here thinking... Man, I just feel like a, a rock <laughs> sitting here now. watching them. Yeah, they're doing <laughs> operatic runs, and Zara was singing in Japanese and like fluent Japanese. I'm just thinking, this is, yeah, okay. I'm gonna get up. <laughs> All right, there. here we go. I got friends in low places. <laughs> Let's do that one. <laughs> yeah, I, I did. I actually, I sort of copped out. I, I did a song. I did uh, song two by Blur. And I do it, nice. you know, I do it, I do a decent Damon Albarn impression, you know, and of that song, but that's kind of cheating 
because there's not a lot of singing in that song. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's mainly scooping. Yeah, yeah, and then <laughs> woohoo, and everybody's having so much fun, they don't yeah. recognize the fact that this guy just can't sing, can he? <laughs> no, it's it's a it's a deft karaoke move, is what that is. But strategic, nice. Yeah, very strategic. <laughs> Strategically done. Yeah. So, quick question, kind of kind of shifting things. Um, yeah. In terms of uh, the, you know, a couple of us here are Apex Legends fans. Obviously, it's mainly uh, Patrick and myself. What's um, wrong with the other two? Um, they don't <laughs> have good taste. Your, it out yet. What's your problem, uh, guys? Just, huh? What's your problem? I'm terrible yeah. at multiplayer. Yeah. He, he, I'm not a competitor. So am I. So am I. It doesn't stop me from streaming it, but, you know, I'm horrible at yeah. it. <laughs> so, well, yeah, Lucas, Lucas tried. He's actually tried a couple of times. I did. I've tried twice. And it's opening just not day his cup and of tea. the beginning of this last season. Not your jam. I got you. Yeah. But uh, Pat and I have been playing since literally day one, and gotcha. uh, we we're just—I was just wondering, like how how the how the audition process went for for Pathfinder. How did they approach you? Did you have to submit an audition for it, or how did how did Respawn get in touch with you? It was a pretty standard process. Most of my auditions—I mean, ninety-nine point nine percent of them even before uh, COVID-19, were done from my home booth here. And that's the way the business has trended anyway for the last, you know, goodness knows how many years, because it's pretty easy to have an adequate home setup. And I have friends who are very successful, well-known voice actors who were doing auditions over their iPhone because their names were instantly recognizable to casting So the audio didn't need to be any good. They knew who they were. They just needed a basic read from them. Mm -hmm. And either they got the callback or they got the part. And when they got the part, they'd go into a professional studio. So audio is not a big deal. In my case, I have a full setup anyway. So I I get several pieces of copy a day, auditions a day to do, Monday through Friday. I'm very fortunate Mm -hmm. that way. My agency, CESD, takes very good care of me. Nice. And... I just, I look at the block of stuff I have to do for the day, and um, I usually do it the night before, if I can, before it's due. And um, I saw one for this this robot, this happy robot. I thought, all right, here's the artist rendering. And I had actually done a voice for the movie Passengers uh, with Chris okay. Pratt and Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah, and, I remember that, yeah. Uh, yeah, the Infomat character at the beginning of that movie is me. And oh, that's okay. me talking to Chris Pratt. And it's a milder version of Pathfinder, but Pathfinder hadn't come along yet. Right. So I auditioned for that, and they just wanted this sort of cheerful AI that you would have to encounter on a ship that's adrift in space. And it basically sounded like me, but, you know, much more proper and happy to help at the end of every sentence. Happy to help. And so yeah. when the Pathfinder <laughs> audition came along, I thought... Yeah, this is kind of the AI voice I do when they ask for this kind of character. So I just pumped it up a bit. I made him more excitable because he's in combat. And right. so Pathfinder is, you know, a bit more excitable and pronounced. And sometimes he has to project more, you know, high five. So that's what I did. And I got the callback. And so for the callback, and a lot of times you don't get a callback, you just book it. But yeah. this was a big project. I didn't know at the time, but. So I went in and I met with some Respawn people. We did it at um, uh, at a big studio lot. And um, it was a really fun callback because when you walk in, 
and you know that you're sort of simpatico, mm. everything just goes well. They're really happy to see you. They're not just getting you in and getting you out. And everything I tried, they loved. And everything awesome. they suggested was right in the pocket for me. So it was um, it was just a very easy, smooth experience. And that's not always the case. Now, is it is it like that with every audition? Like they when they give you uh, a copy or, of of whatever audition, um, do they give you like any sort of background on the character, like motivations, just to give you a, a place to start uh, in terms of fighting, finding a voice, and things like that? Yeah, they they will do that as much as possible uh, for commercial stuff. They usually will give you a sentence or two. And it's usually some basic things, warm, friendly, approachable, non-announcery. We don't want a salesman or somebody who's pitching you something. And in animation and video games especially, there, there, there may be different pieces of media, but uh, their storytelling is still pretty thorough. And yeah. some yeah. projects will give you an entire page on, on someone. I find that I don't need that. Uh, I know a lot of actors that love it. They will read all the backstory you can give them and they'll use that. I'm much more instinctual and I like to go with my gut. I do not like to overprepare. Mm -hmm. I tend to get a little stale if I do that. So I like to just go with the moment and I have no idea if I would book more if I did it a different way. I'm happy with what I've gotten. So generally paragraph for me a, a sentence if it's well written will tell me everything i need to know to start because if they really like you they'll bring you in and work with you more if they need to make a decision based off one audition yeah i suppose you know the more the more backstory the better but i i need as little as you can give me and i'll i'll take it from there so gotcha. with, with Pathfinder, do they give you lines or do you like use your stand up comedy back background and come up with a whole bunch of new ones? Oh, they uh, they write. They write. They have three writers, uh, at least three writers, um, and they work very hard on these lines. And the uh, typical format for a video game script is a little bit different than the typical format for a uh, sort of your three act script for a piece of animation or a movie or a TV show. And um, because those will be formatted like a script, whereas um, video games are taking place amidst gameplay. And very often it's just line by line all the way down the page. Mm -hmm. Very, very structured. And um, in this case, you you have the lines in front of you and you just go down and do them. You give them about three takes of each. They want to do a retake. They have you do that. And sometimes, yeah, if you want to ad lib, they'll let you, you know, they've, they've let me riff once or twice and I've had a lot of fun with that. But generally it was after a couple of seasons, I think once the character started to get established and people could connect me with it and they trusted that my instincts were going to be kind of in line with who Pathfinder is. Mm -hmm. So it's not like they say, we don't have anything here. Would you like to please ad lib something? They always have something. But okay. they do leave you a little bit of room if you want it. Yeah, I always thought it was interesting, like, um, even in, like, the first couple of seasons of Apex, I noticed that, like, you would say the same lines, but a lot of times they were in, they were different inflections. They were yes. different different ways of saying it. It was interesting that they, they just decided to use different takes. Did they still have you doing that? 
Yeah, and that's that's for you, the game player, because okay. if you hear the exact same take every time, after a while, you may not even realize it, but it's just it's a little stale. Yeah. And yeah. So even if, if you alternate. Yeah, you you need a little variety. Um, I mean, if your wife asks you what you want for dinner, and every single day you say salmon, and you say it the exact same way, she's going to think I, I think he's not paying attention, and yeah. um, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so if you hear Mozambique here and you hear it the exact same way every time, it, it it's just it becomes too rote. And so Mozambique here, Mozambique here, you can load a phrase <laughs> so many different right. ways with how you choose yeah. to say it. Mozambique yeah. here. And yeah. so, yeah, they'll typically go with three. But if okay. you hear a quip, generally for the quips, you know, and. I may be smiling, but that's because I'm happy. Usually you'll get two versions of that, and that's about it. And right. I guess they just decided they only want two. Yeah. yeah. That yeah. reminds me of uh, Spider-Man. I don't know if you guys saw the, the video where they kind of broke down how in PS4 Spider-Man, how they recorded all his lines while he's in the city at rest, and then also like after running, or they would give yeah. a different Idols. track, and they would seamlessly hop between the two if you would make Spider-Man either just walking or swinging through the city, and he's, like, exerting himself. It'll automatically change it back and forth. Mm-hmm. They cover a, a cool lot little. of bases. Every game is different, but um, that's one reason why for a while there I, I pulled back from doing them because they're pretty exhaustive, and yeah, they I can bet. tax your throat quite a bit, and you have to die in pretty much every game you do. In oh, fact, yeah. yeah. Uh, of all the games I've ever done, I think there have been two where I have not had to do death noises. One was, um, I believe it was, uh, no, actually, every game I ever did until Apex <laughs> Apex Legends. And this is including like like the cat in the hat game I did, right? Voice match Mike Myers. I'm pretty sure there's some kind of noise where, I, oh, you know, if he gets hit by something, I have to exert. And even yeah. the Incredibles video game, I did that years ago, we had to die. And you had to do death noises just in case. And I did the Godfather 2 video game. And I played okay. Senator, yeah, I played Senator Pat Geary. If you remember the movie, I don't know if you guys have seen Godfather 2. Mm-hmm. I, I would yep. hope you had, yes. yeah. Well, Definitely. Senator Geary was the, the Las Vegas, Nevada senator who was, uh, oh, yeah. well, actually he was in Tahoe when you saw him, right? So I'm doing that character, I'm thinking, yeah, and I told the director, this is going to be great. I don't have to die. She says, what do you mean? Well, Senator Geary doesn't <laughs> die in the movie. Oh, but he can die in the game. It's like, what do you mean? Well, if the character wants to shoot him in the face or throw a grenade at him, <laughs> he can. Like, are you going to tell me I have to die as Senator? Yep, you do. And so I had to like be burned alive because somebody lit a room on fire. That's one of the things you could do. <laughs> so finally, Apex Legends is like the only game where I've not had to do like death noises. Oh, that's nice. Well, it could always be worse. It could be you could be on like Dragon Ball, where like literally all they do is scream all yeah. day long. Yeah, my son <laughs> watches a lot of anime. I haven't let him watch the anime I've done because right. it's yeah, too with Naruto. much. But uh, yeah, Naruto. Yeah. Naruto, as the fans have told me. Oh, Naruto. Yeah. Oh, get that right. Believe me, they already have myself. A, believe me, they already have a problem with the way I pronounced some of the Japanese names in that show and i said look i'm just dubbing i i don't i <laughs> yeah. did my best but i'm a, i'm a gaijin okay i'm an outsider i don't know 
You know, I did the best I could. <laughs> yeah. A lot of screaming in the anime. Yeah. Yeah. So in, in line with that, Barnaby Butterteeth, one of our members on the Discord, um, he wanted to know uh, a little bit about the process of how you create in your head uh, a character for a video game or TV show, like connecting what's in your head with what's mm-hmm. on paper, with what's in the voice, you know, right. and like thinking about that, can you kind of just share some of the process? Because you have, you know, some character, a lot of characters that you don't personally connect with, like right. this guy from Naruto. Naruto? Naruto? How do you say it? Naruto. Naruto? Naruto. <laughs> That's what I said. Yeah, forgot. Naruto. Yep. Samson yeah, he done. For example, he done. Um, I don't know if I ever auditioned for that one. Uh, Mary McGlynn. Mary Elizabeth McGlynn, who's a really talented actress herself and also a great director of a lot of video games, animation, anime, things like that. I think she just kind of grabbed me and said, I think you'd be right for this. I could be wrong. I might have auditioned. I just don't remember it. But she said, this guy is very much like you in the sense that he's really, he's, he has this swagger about him. He can be cocky and arrogant. Like, you can play that really well. And so... I clicked with that part of me. Mm-hmm. The homicidal maniac who sacrifices his victims to his Lord Jashin. Uh, not so much. <laughs> yeah. Not, not so much. A little off. But yeah, I, I, everyone, and you hear um, actors say this all the time, it's important not to judge your character you're playing because it will affect how you play them and you won't play them authentically. So if you're playing a homicidal maniac who does not hate himself, he genuinely believes that he's doing what he's supposed to be doing, but you hate him, that might get through in your performance and it might not really portray the character the way it was written. So um, Hmm. in the case of, say, Hedon, I just sort of put myself in the headspace of um, I am, if he's enjoying himself in the moment, okay, that's what I'll pretend. And if he has worked himself up into a fury, that's what I will pretend. I can go home and leave all that behind. It's just yeah. not, it doesn't, it doesn't stay with me. Um, I have found that there are very few projects that I've worked on that have been emotionally wrenching. There have been, that, there have been some that put you through a ringer. But Mm. as far as how you create a character and how you portray it, um, whether or not the character is much like you, they're still, even if they're not a person, even if they're an alien, even if they're a monster, even if they're uh, uh, some sort of fantasy character, they're written from a human point of view because they have to be for you to connect. There's always a a way to do that. There's always a way to see some of that in yourself. Now, is there an so, emotional character that comes to mind? When, you know, you mentioned that. I'm curious to know, uh, is there one that comes to mind when you think of one that was emotionally wrenching on you? Uh, it was something I did recently, which I am bound by an NDA not to reveal. Oh, it okay. is, Dang. I can say it's for Respawn. I cannot say okay. what game it is, but it was performance capture. And can we did a, a scene. limerick or a rhyme? Uh, so. no, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> Not without you reading about me being replaced in this part. Fair enough. Don't, don't want, want to put you in yeah, that place. Yeah, so. exactly. Um, I can say that the last day that we shot was, for a reason, um, uh, the day where there was just a very emotionally wrenching scene. And mm. I discovered about myself, because I hadn't done on camera in years, and I had never been required to cry 
on camera before. I'd always done this light, fun stuff. Mm-hmm. And I always wondered, geez, I wonder, could I do it if I had to? I'm an actor. I should be able to. And the more right. you act, the more you do anything, the better you get at it. And over 20 years of doing um, voice acting and doing animation and doing a lot of stand-up where you're just accessing feelings and emotions and turning them into comedy. And I must say, having kids. Having kids mm, yep, made me for much... Sure. My emotions, yeah. as an artist, your your emotions are always just under the surface. Kids will bring them out. Sure. Just, oh, yeah. You yep, are experiencing totally. life to the nth degree as a parent. So they're always right there. And even a commercial sometimes could make me go, oh, man. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It just depends. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so on the day, I realized that, okay, we did about, I think, four takes. And takes one and two, no problem. No problem. I brought it up like it was nothing. And I wasn't pretending as much as I was genuinely just allowing myself to feel something. Take three. Really strange thing. Absolutely no tears. Still plenty of emotion. And I learned something about myself. And then take four, it came back again. But I thought, okay, I guess that means three out of four takes I can do it. And I actually talked to somebody who's on camera and they said the same thing. There's a limit for everybody. I mean, some people can do a lot of takes in a row and they can just bring it up. Other people, there's a limit. And yeah. uh, and it wasn't like I was wringing myself out in between takes trying to stay in the moment. As soon as they said cut, I could just stand right up and go, all right, cool. Wipe off my face a little bit and joke. And as soon as they said action, I flipped a switch. But I, I, I discovered there was a limit to that. And if I had been required to do that scene as some people do on movie sets and TV sets for hours, I would have thought, yeah, um, I would have gone home a shell if I'd gone through yeah. that. Yeah, I, I remember watching um, the making of The Last of Us and Troy grounded. Baker. Yep. Yeah, Grounded. And Troy Baker doing that same thing where there was an emotional scene and he felt like he nailed it the first first time. And then the second time, well, he had to go back and do it. And then the, the emotions just weren't there again. Yeah. Um, and uh, he had to take a breather, came back, and then he was able to do it again. But yeah, I can understand how that can just be just take a toll on you emotionally when you're yep. when you're making yourself make get that emotion that you're not normally on a day to day basis portraying or, or giving out. Yeah, it's funny. There's a um, there's a couple of things I learned. I have a friend who had a degree in philosophy, and he had learned a bit about you know the human condition and about psychology, and he said. If somebody, if you're trying to joke with somebody and they're just humoring you by smiling and they don't really mean it, even them faking a smile will cheer them up a little bit. That yeah. little bit of body language sends a signal to your brain. And uh, Tony Robbins, who's someone who I know he's not everybody's cup of tea, but that man understands cognitive uh, behavioral psychology very, yep. very well. And he, he says, if you want to instantly feel more confident, stand like a superhero. And I mean... Put your hands to your sides or put your hands on your hips like this and with your shoulders back. And he says it is proven. All right. That immediately changes your body chemistry and your brain chemistry. And he says, just try it Mm. and you will see. And so even if you're faking crying, but you're still crying, it's going to register and it's going to add up. And uh, yeah. yeah, it's just sort of that's that's uh, one of the that's one of the things about the job. 
So you're saying the practice of sticking your hand in your pocket and pinching yourself is not the best way yeah. to Oh, well, it might look actor. good on camera, you know. If, it, <laughs> <laughs> if the director has to stab you with a red-hot poker to get them tears, like, all right. They'll do it. Yeah. Method acting. Yeah. yeah. We need that scene. <laughs> uh, Los from the Discord as well, he, uh, he just had a simple question for you, Chris. He said, what is your favorite game you voiced for, like not your favorite voice work, actual game you played that you were in, and why is it Disney Infinity 3.0? Why is it? And then he, he, did, he posted a picture of, uh, I'm guessing it's the guy that you voiced. It's the blue guy with the mohawk. Uh, oh, that? probably Yondu. Yondu. Probably yes. Yondu. Yondu. Oh, Yondu from Guardians. I'm, yeah, I'm doing Michael Rooker. So <laughs> I, yeah, just doing my my Michael Rooker I'm very impression. Proud of I guess. Y'all. Yeah, I guess. Uh, I guess uh, Michael Rooker wasn't available or didn't want it or they couldn't pay him enough. Who knows? So uh, I was Yondu. So I. <laughs> nice. And, nice. Yeah, like I've not played the game. I had a lot of fun doing Yondu. I've not enough. played the game. Um, uh, let's see. I played a lot of the games I voiced. Um, earlier in my career when I was a single guy and I had the time. Sure. And back in those days, in the early aughts, as you guys might remember, you had to buy a game at a store. And <laughs> right. you had to bring it home, take it out of the case, and put it in the in the uh, console. So if they sent me a copy of the game, great, I'd play it until I heard my performance so I could sort of grade myself and think, all right, yeah, that was good, that was good, or I didn't mm-hmm. like that so much. And... Uh, one of the games I played, and I'm in the game a lot, is uh, Return of the King from the Lord yes. of the Rings. Oh, yeah. Aragorn, I, right? Yep. Yeah, Aragorn. I, yeah, I did Aragorn for Viggo Mortensen. Yep. So he was he was done doing the games, and so I was the voice match. And that one was a fun playthrough because I'd really enjoyed the movies. I set it on the easiest possible setting, and I just sort of, you know, you have all the time in the world. And it's not, it's player versus environment. So right. I had a lot of fun playing that game. I, I enjoyed right. that. And yeah, Good I'm one. in it. And like, I, I'm happy with the Vigo voice I did, but we discovered that I, I luckily uh, Vigo in the game, Aragorn in the game doesn't speak very quietly. It's usually battle. And I could do right. a very good Aragorn in battle, you know? I can I can hit those high notes and project yeah. as Aragorn. But when he's quiet, <laughs> when he's more soft-spoken, you know, it's it's very hard to capture Vigo's voice in that regard. And so even the lines that were quieter, they kind of had me go a little louder just uh-huh. to sort of fit. But yeah. that, you know, Apex I put in its own category because I kind of... I play it all the time, and I play it as part of a stream. So there's a whole bunch of other experiences that come with it that make it really rewarding. Right. Um, but, yeah, that one sticks out in my mind. Cool. Gotcha. So speaking of Twitch streaming, and, Pat, I know technically I'm stealing your, your question right now. <laughs> Go ahead, man. <laughs> Peek behind the curtain. Um, yeah. So, stealing. yeah, uh, obviously you have gotten into Twitch streaming, um, I've been I've been watching your streams and uh, actually got to play with you a couple of weeks ago. Um, oh, what was your tag? What was your gamer uh, tag? Music eight two nine. Okay, yeah, yeah. I didn't I didn't want to bring up because at that point you had said you were going to come on, but I didn't want to bring it up because I didn't want to draw too much attention. Nah, it's all right. 
Um, but um, yeah, so what what made you decide to get into to actually streaming on Twitch and stuff? That one happened uh, very gradually. Um, Apex had come out, and I knew nothing about it. I didn't pay any attention to it. I remember we were recording, and I think it was January of last year, so the game had not launched yet. And um, and I said, uh, so are you guys doing a big rollout for the game? They said, no. No, it's just <laughs> nope, not at like, all. Not at the, all. Yeah, that was the, amazing. The day, by the way, yeah. they were just like, I know. And I, I even kind of, I think my expression kind of betrayed that. I thought, "Are you serious? You're not going to do anything?" They said, "No, we're just going to sort of announce it the day before, and then the next day, hey, here's the game." So they really did just sort of guerrilla style throw that game out there. So I didn't pay any attention to it. I had an Xbox at home, and mainly I just played like beach buggy racing on it with my kid because yeah. it's yeah. just this fun family game. And that's all I did. I didn't have time to game. So the game comes out. People are playing it. I'm not even aware. I just know it's out. But it's not on my radar. And my brother, who lives in Texas, is playing the game because his kids are grown. So he's got time. And he said, you should play this game. It's fun. You know, you should take your character. A lot of people like your character. So I think I tried it once with my son for a few minutes at there's this place we could go and kids can meet up and play video games there, and they have a bunch of consoles set up. And he would mainly play Fortnite, because Apex is not a game for a young kid. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. it at least not in my family, it's not. So, yeah. we played for about five minutes, and I was awful at it, and I barely got through this little training part of it. And then I didn't <laughs> go back. And then May of last year, I started to say to myself, okay, um, apparently, if I'm going to play this game... I should do it so I can have a little fun with it because I'm a voice in it. So I had learned that you could capture 10 minutes of footage on your Xbox, the last 10 minutes that had occurred, I think. Mm -hmm. And I thought, okay, so I'll go in, I'll do some funny voices, doing Pathfinder, playing the game, and I'll just capture it and then export that to my computer and I'll edit it and put it up as a joke on Reddit. See if anyone notices, see if anyone cares. So I got a little notice for that, and then I started to record me playing the game. So if you go to my YouTube channel, you will see the very first Apex videos I do, if you go back far enough, are just me playing the game, and it's almost literally for the first time. Mm. And it's this compendium of epic fail. (laughs) (laughs) I was, I was, I mean, I'm not that good at the game now, but man, was I bad before. And I started to get a little bit of notice, and I thought, oh, well, I could stream directly to a platform, so I don't have to keep making these videos. I could just play, and maybe somebody will watch it. And I started with Mixer, because I think it was just easy to do it from Xbox. Yeah, it's native to Xbox. Exactly. So I started doing that, and after, I would say, by like October, I'd built up a few hundred followers, and I was starting to stream maybe three days a week regularly. And gradually I thought, you know, I think I would actually like to do this as a side hustle, as a venture, yeah. as something that maybe could bring in a little extra revenue. Like financially, I was fine. I didn't need the extra money, but I'm ambitious. I would like to have a separate career that is completely in my control. Mm-hmm. So right. I can stream when I want to, monetize it however I want to, and when um, when I get booked for voiceover, great, I do my voiceover. And they're, they're linked. And so I thought, all right, this would be fun. 
And I decided, well, Twitch is a better platform for me because it's easier to monetize. It's easier to get partnered and, and affiliated. So I'm, I'm at the affiliate level, but I quickly realized too that I needed to have a more regular schedule. So yeah. since November of last year, I have slowly put together a steady schedule. And since I would say earlier this year, I've had regular guests on every week to interview. Yeah. I have slowly created, if you've noticed what I've done with the stream, if you compare it to last year and this year, last year was just me randomly streaming. Now it's scheduled, it's structured, it's almost segment produced yeah. day by day, each day as a theme. And I'm kind of just, yeah. I'm kind of a talk show host on a Twitter, on a, on a stream platform. Yeah. And I'm, I'm approaching it that way. And I do some yeah. gameplay, but... I would rather have um, uh, each day be sort of a theme and uh, like Tuesday is Tryout Tuesday. Like tomorrow, Tryout Tuesday, we're doing Human Fall Flat. We do a different game. And I'm doing it with Roger nice. Craig Smith, who's Mirage. Yes. So we're going to go and have some fun with that. And then Wednesday is the interview day, is the chat day. And I've got Darren DePaul, who's Revenant. And then um, Thursday is Challenge Thursday, where I get on with the mods or family, and we just take challenges from the viewers. And then Friday is Sub Friday, where I play with subs. And so every day is a theme. Every day is broken into its different parts. And I actually, and then I take the footage and I put it on YouTube, and I have just sort of decided, you know what? It's like having my own show that I get to produce, and I get to develop the highlights any way that I want. And I get to be like a sort of a talk show host and an MC. And I thought, this is the way I want to do it. I'm not one of those guys that gets on and streams for six, eight hours. I don't just do gameplay walkthroughs. I, no one's coming to my stream for the gameplay. Yeah. No. <laughs> okay. they're, yeah, they're coming either because they're having fun watching me joke with an actor or because I'm a voice in the game or because I just, I, I, I'm, I'm a fun hang. And so that yeah. I actually, because of this game, it introduced me to the world of, of Twitch and streaming and um, I'm putting actual effort into doing it. But I've d told myself it won't be streaming for more than 10 or 12 hours a week. And I, I'm trying not to spend more than five or six hours a week doing the editing, I'm trying to keep it all under 20 hours a week so I can still be a dad and a husband. Awesome. Because that's, that's um, yeah, I'm a... I'm a dad, I'm a husband, I'm a voice actor, and then I'm a uh, Twitch streamer. That's that's the way I look at it. Nice. Priorities are huge. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. <laughs> Actually, I, I have one small thing. I looked uh, I looked at a picture, or I looked at uh, looked you up in Google, and because like I, I, I'll, oh, I'll be, honest, be good. I never know who Mark and Patrick are talking about. Like I, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, like I just like they're always talking about people, and I'd never have any clue who it is. So right, um, but I looked it up, and the one that jumped off at me, like it says, like TV and movies under you, uh, was Celebrity Deathmatch. Speaking of shows that yep. couldn't be on anymore, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I that's funny because we did that in like oh five oh six, yeah. And I wonder if they could. I wonder if they could do that now. Yeah, I don't I know wonder. if they could do that. I mean, it was that show was. I mean, it was extremely graphic. I mean, obviously cartoon characters, but uh, what did you, yeah. what did you, uh, what was the voice in that? Well, the original Celebrity Deathmatch was on in the 90s and I wasn't part of that. And I think that was a non-union show anyway. Um, and that was actual claymation. 
Then they brought yeah. it back for MTV2, and um, I was Nick Diamond and Judge Mills Lane, <laughs> Referee Mills Lane. Awesome. So I was I was Nick Diamond, and uh, I would call the bouts, and I would usually have some sort of psychological break or say something wholly inappropriate. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I was Referee Mills Lane, this year's death match, so let's get it on! <laughs> I want a good, clean fight. Yeah, I want a good, clean fight. Yeah. So, yeah, those were my two guys, and... Um, Every now and then I'd jump in and provide an extra voice if they needed it. Yeah. Uh, like there's one where the Olsen twins fight the Osbournes, <laughs> uh, like Jack and Kelly Osborne and the Olsen yeah, twins right. fight them. And I think the Olsen twins are winning, but Jack Osborne, I think, throws a cupcake into the ring. And one of the Olsen twins, I think, was anorexic at the time. The show is brutal. The show is yeah, absolutely brutal. Very brutal. Very brutal. And she turns into Gollum looking at the ring. <laughs> And the the girl they had, Precious. yeah, they had a girl doing um, one of the Olsons, and she did a great Olsen twin, but she had, and the director was Jack Fletcher, who's a really funny guy, and he and I would get into these, like, movie trivia discussions where we would just throw arcane stuff at each other, and <laughs> it was time to do the Gollum voice, and Jack said, okay, now um, it's time to do Gollum. Uh, and he asked the, the actress, now you've seen The Lord of the Rings, right? And she says, no. What? And I just saw him go, uh, Lord of what but ring? If you, if you read Wedding the book, ring? no, no. It just, it was not in her, in her sphere. And I said, Jack, don't worry, I got this. And uh, I, because we can all do a good Gollum, yes. All the fans know how to do Gollum, yes. Yep. And so I just said, all right, great, I get to do this one. And, and I did Kevin Federline for one. Oh, okay. uh, wow. Yeah, that's yeah. Well, that one's, actually, that's on my YouTube. I have, like, a celebrity death match uh clips awesome and there's a kevin Federline one and then there's the Gollum one and then there's nick and mills and all that so that's <laughs> that's what i did for that show yeah that is awesome i yeah i i uh i that's one of those shows that you completely like forget about and then all of a sudden you're like huh yeah, yeah. what I, what happened to that i mean it was on for like 10 years i think it well they I, I think they did a few seasons uh on the original run and then we did two seasons on MTV2 and I think they might have replayed them a lot. Yeah. And now everything's on the internet so yeah. if you want to watch it it's it's there. For sure, for sure. Yeah. That's awesome. That is awesome. He played K-Fed. K-Fed. <laughs> That's right. K-Fed. Oh man. Now uh Chris looking ahead to the future uh, and going back to Los had an additional question from our discord. He wanted to know, sure. are there any dream jobs that you want to be a part of in the future? Um, I mean, I like everybody. I like to work. So every time I get to work, it's, it's living a dream because every yeah. day I get to do this and avoid actual work is, uh, is a win. <laughs> so, I mean, I'd love for them to keep expanding apex, I would love for them to do something beyond the game with the Apex characters. I would love for them to do something like, uh, I mean, I think fans throw this around a lot, but they'd love to see an animated series. Oh, yeah, uh, oh, for sure. Yeah, that'd be, mm -hmm. that's sort of, I yeah. think that's a slam dunk. I mean, I'm a little bit biased, but yeah. they they provided so much backstory for these characters. You've got extra stories you could tell. Uh, I would love to do that. And I, um, 
I was very happy to be part of this Respawn game that will be announced. They've announced the game, but I cannot announce my part in it. Your part in, in it. it, yeah. So, that makes sense. Um, but I was very, very happy to have done it because it was performance capture. And I had been getting the itch. I did not want to pursue on-camera acting again unless something just fell in my lap, which means it wasn't going to happen. Mm. And yet... I had done a little bit of theater in college, and I'd done a lot of stand-up for years. I mean, I was a professional stand-up for 10 years. So the live performance in front of other people is uh, is definitely an itch that you want to scratch. And getting uh, cast in that game was great because we did a lot of, um, let's see, I think we did, uh, I would say we did probably... Let's see, three, six, I mean, maybe nine or ten days of uh, shooting over mm-hmm. the course of a year. Not quite a year, but that I really enjoyed. And you're putting your whole body into it. And so I really enjoyed that. So I would love to be a part of a game like that, a, um, a game or a franchise where you get to play a character that recurs or that recurs throughout the game and um, perhaps has more than one installment. I mean, mm-hmm. my friend Nolan North um, will tell you that probably his golden goose, because we joke about this, mm-hmm. was uh, the uh, Uncharted franchise, uh, yes, Drake's sir. Fortune. And Beautiful he series. said, yeah, yeah. And he's very proud of his work in that, as he should be. And they did, I believe, four of those. Yep. And mm-hmm. um, that, I mean, look, who wouldn't want to have that? But um, yeah. That would be a dream to be able to have something that happened that you got to do one and you know you're going to do another and perhaps another. You build a lot of camaraderie with the other actors and you get to use your whole body and you get to be uh, on a set or a volume, as they call it, with the crew. And you're creating this character with your movements and not just your voice. Yeah. You know, it's it's all acting, but putting yourself into a performance in a uh, performance capture suit is um, is a different experience, and I really enjoyed it. Now, have yeah. you done any of um, any of that before, or is this your first venture into that? <clears throat> I had only done a couple of games before, and they'd been spread out by years. I did one, I think it was uh, Resistance to the Fall of Man. I did that one. Oh, okay. That was actually with Nolan. And oh, wow. uh, then I did, yeah, and that might have been, geez, 07, maybe. Yeah. We did mm-hmm. that. And then um, I did one even before that, maybe in 06, I did, uh, I think it was ATV or ATV2. Uh, oh, wow. where, yeah, they just had a, a day of shooting a couple of scenes where they just had these cinematics that were uh, happening in between races where they had these characters. And I was hmm. I was one of them. Hmm. So and in uh, in drama uh, in college, I was a drama minor. So I didn't do a lot of uh, acting because they didn't really allow you to, but I did theater in the round. So in theater in the round, the audience is 360 degrees around you, which turned out to be uh, 10, 15 years later, great training for um, performance capture in video games because the cameras are all around you. Yep, that's true. Every facet of your performance, every movement is picked up. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, I hope uh, I hope that works out. That you know you'll continue to develop that. I'm sure you you know you like to stick with your bread and butter and the things yeah. you know voice acting and that kind of stuff. But it sounds like the performance capture and kind of something that pushes you beyond just your voice is maybe uh, 
uh, a definitely a, an exhilarating side of things that you kind of would continue to push you on in in your field and in yeah your it's another career. it's another facet uh, unfortunately it's probably going to be a while before you can get a few people together to make something unless that you're quarantined that them. is true yeah <laughs> so yeah that's going to it's going to be a little bit um but uh yeah you know i i look at it this way i get what i get i've gotten plenty i'm very happy with it and i'm a big believer in self-starting so i've created a stream i've created a little show and I'll make that into whatever I can make it, along with voice acting. Uh, anything I get is fine. It's, yeah. it's great. I have no complaints. Awesome. All right. Well, I think that's all for our hang with the man of a thousand voices, Chris Edgerly. Uh, thanks so much, man, for coming on. Uh, yes, we did want to know you. how can folks connect with you? You've already mentioned, you know, your your Twitch channel, but you haven't mentioned it all by name. So plug your socials, the hodgepodge of things you're doing online, entertainment content, all that. How can people get uh, keyed in on that? Sure. Thank you. Um, the Edge Voice on Twitch. So it's twitch.tv slash the edge voice. And that's all one word, T-H-E-E-D-G-E-V-O-I-C-E. Mm -hmm. I generally stream from 12 to 2 PST, 12 Pacific to 2 Pacific in the afternoon, Tuesday through Friday. And I have interviews, hangs like this, and we play mostly Apex, but I do devote a day of the week to something else. And um, on top of that, I'm on Twitter at Chris Edgerly. My YouTube channel is Chris Edgerly, and I think in parentheses it's The Edge Voice because a lot of people know me by the the gamer tag. And the stream is actually called The Edge Voice Streamcast. Mm -hmm. And I called it that because I see it as not exactly a stream because it's also like a podcast. Right. And so I just sort of combined them. And on top of that, um, I also have, and you can find a lot of this on Twitch and in the links in my videos, but... A lot of people, because you're a voice actor and they know you from your games, they want personalized videos. So on Cameo, you can look me up. And yep. I'm on Cameo. I do videos for people. And I do, um, because of the pandemic, I was going to be doing some uh, convention appearances this year, and that went away. Right. But yeah. conventions are finding ways to do virtual appearances where you can appear and do a Zoom link and connect with fans. And so I've decided... And I did one, uh, VisionCon 2020, which I would have done this month in Missouri. They just had it virtually. And so I've decided to sort of set up a store because a lot of people go to the cons because they want to get you to sign something. They want to pay to have a video. Yep. They want to pay to have merch signed. So I had my convention booker set up a store. And um, if you go to my Twitch page, there's a link for it. And uh, it's basically just the, the online store. If you want me to sign something for you, I can do that. If you want a video, I can do that. And if you want a Zoom link with me and chat for like a half hour, because a lot of times at the cons, somebody just, they just want to come up and chat with you for a few minutes. Mm -hmm. And so, and you know, instead of paying your ticket to get into the con and paying for all the other stuff you have to do, you could just come straight to me or there are other voice actors that do this. So I set up a store to where if somebody wants that stuff, you know, we can still do that. Mm -hmm. And that's- yeah. In these times, about the only way I'm going to have to connect with fans like that is going to be this way. So right. you can find that on my Twitch page. It's down there if you just scroll down. Nice. Awesome. Very yep. nice. And every Tuesday and Friday, I throw up something on YouTube. Every Friday, there's an interview that goes up at 5 p.m. And every Tuesday at 5 p.m., I put up the highlights from the week before. 
Great. All right, man. We'll definitely be uh, checking that out. I know I was prior trying to do my homework, but it was really cool to uh, see some of your interviews. I definitely listened to the Nolan North interview, and you guys go back and forth. There's always something about two guys in the same trade uh, who have spent a lot of years kind of just going back and forth. Uh, It's really cool to get a peek behind the curtain on those things. So. Yeah, we go way back. Uh, there are only two voice actors at my wedding. Fred Tatashore was one, and um, he was the priest. <laughs> He's an ordained minister. Oh, okay. And wow. uh, yeah, and I know. And he does. If you guys look up Fred, he's done everything. And he actually came from a convention to uh, to do the ceremony, and then he went back down to the convention <laughs> to keep working. <laughs> and Nolan was there too, because I had a really small. It was like fifteen people. Like my agent. Uh, my brothers, their their partners, yeah. and um, uh, Nolan and his wife, and um, uh, my my wife's side of the family, and that was it. So yeah, Nolan and I and Fred go back to like oh three, oh two. Yeah, cool. go way back. Very good. Um, on our podcast end, uh, be if you do want to go beyond listening, remember to check us out on Twitter at the GMG podcast or discord links in our Twitter profile also, or the show notes uh, where we are greeting each other every day, morning, afternoon, evening, or night, sharing dad jokes, talking about the latest TV shows, video games. Uh, if you're more old school, of course you can use email, the good morning guys at gmail.com. And then if you want to practice your radio voice, you're uh, maybe get into some impersonations. If you want to do a little bit of a, old will you can call us at 929-GMG-GUYS. Leave a message, ask a question, let your voice be heard. Uh, next week, we are going to be joiner-driven. And what that means pretty much, Chris, is that anybody and everybody can pick and suggest what we're going to talk about on the show. And then we just do a little poll the day before on Twitter. Uh, I'd like to know, do you have a suggestion for a topic for us to discuss hmm. next week? You guys mainly discuss uh, media. Right, entertainment, video yeah. games, things like that. Yep. It's a big part of it. Yeah. Hmm. Man, that could go all over the place because I can do the exact same thing. I could discuss anything, but um, sometimes I like to revisit a movie and maybe defend it if people have had the wrong impression of it, or try okay. to condemn it and think that it's like you guys are way overrating this thing. I mean, maybe pick a movie that has either been given short shrift or is way overrated. Okay. It's like okay, what? Could we find a movie? Yeah. Could you find a movie that is as overrated as X? I know where this is going. Let the the fur fly. Patrick's a Pixar hater. So no, no, not Pixar. A Wally hater. So yeah. Wally. Yeah, I can't. I can't. I can't. Don't like that. Couldn't get into it, huh? Attitude. No, no. I mean, I I will watch. I'll watch pretty much any movie. You know, okay. like, uh, Lucas is a Pixar apologist and he loves everything about Pixar. Yep. So true. All right. uh, he talks it up and I, I watched some of the Pixar movies recently um, over the past six months that I missed when I was growing up. Because once I once I hit like the, you know, high school days into college, I kind of missed right. that, uh, the early Pixar. Uh, uh-huh. I watched like the Toy Story, but I missed uh, Wally and Ratatouille and things like that. Uh-huh. So I re so I watched them for the first time in the past six months and they are not my <laughs> cup of tea and i guess that was a reason why i missed those back when i was in high school okay <laughs> well what's your favorite movie you know that's a good barometer right there it'll tell you a little bit about somebody 
my favorite movie of all time is Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. <laughs> <Yeah>. Okay. <laughs> Tells okay. you everything you need to know about Ex- Pet. <laughs> Which I saw in the theater. Yep. I have the movie Me ticket too. stub for every movie I've seen since Ferris Bueller's Day Off. What? No way. Sweet. Yeah, That's I collected awesome. them. Yeah, and I was 16 then. Uh, going on 17. Wow, that's so. dedication. And Are you going to make a quilt I, out of that or something? You should I don't that. know. <laughs> it, it doesn't take up as much space as you think. It fits in a shoebox, no problem, because uh, yeah. they're ticket stubs. But yeah, Ace Ventura, I remember watching that. The first five minutes, I'm thinking, is he going to do that the whole movie? <laughs> and then I realized, yes, he is. Yes, he is. And then it just, you you can't help. It's a tidal wave. You just go with it. Yeah. And then next thing you know, you're quoting the movie. Yeah. Mm. So... Yeah, it grows on you. Although I think Dumb and Dumber is better. Mm. That was Jim Carrey's heyday right there. Yeah, Yeah. I think Dumb and Dumber is maybe the best thing he's ever done. And I am a cable guy defender. (laughs) That movie, I think think that movie is, I think that movie is brilliant. And uh, people just, they got got distracted by the 20 million he was being paid and the knives were sharpened. They were Mm. out. But yeah. go back and watch that movie if you haven't seen it. He's hysterical in that. He's I great. Think, I think we could just go around uh, and talk about Jim Carrey movies because I love Liar Liar. That's one of my. That's favorite. a good one. That one. That's uh, a good one. He moved into this period, and I think he did a lot of it with. Um, I think it might have been with uh, Shadyac with directing, where he sometimes got into this forced whimsy that I thought sometimes they were pushing the warmth a little too hard sometimes mm-hmm. yeah. that it didn't ring true enough for me that. because Jim Carrey is a complicated guy. Yeah. Yeah. And yes, he is. when it, it I, his best performance ever, I think is either dumb and dumber, the stuff he did with that character or the cable guy or eternal sunshine of the spotless mind. Okay. The one time where no Jim Carrey gets through and it's just acting it's that movie. Because even when he played Andy Kaufman, you realize this is Jim Carrey pulling off a hell of a stunt. Yeah. I mean, it's a really good performance. Mm-hmm. But if you look at Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, Jim Carrey is nowhere in that movie. It's the character. And I think it's because of the director and the material. Yeah. Because everything else he does, and by the way, in the Sonic movie, he's hysterical. Yep. Yeah. Because they that. said, that's, you know what? Just let him be Jim. And it Jim works. Carey. It works perfectly. So, yeah. Yeah, you're right. We could devote an entire one to that. For sure. <laughs> All right. Well, I think you gave some good suggestions that we're definitely going to yeah. keep, in, keep in mind for next week. So we'll keep you updated. Good luck. Thanks a lot. We appreciate it. There yeah. will definitely need to be some luck and uh, love involved if we're going to survive right. our uh, overrated, underrated, <laughs> especially yeah. if... Especially if Wally and Ratatouille come up again. Yep. <laughs> All righty then. Mark, Pat, Ronnie, and Chris, along with you, our friends, family, and joiners, go get your good morning this week. And may God bless and guide your lives as you live, as you work, and as you game. One, two, three, four. Oh, man. Uh, Chris, just to give you a heads up on the rundown, uh, I'm Lucas. 
Yep. That's Mark. I don't no, think I don't it's the same. You just pointed at Chris. <laughs> really... Your name. I'm a little. I'm a little box up here. Your names no are there. Top left is Mark. Oh yeah, that's Lucas Swisher. Lucas Swisher. I am Lucas Patrick Ham Swisher. Novosel and Ronnie. Uh, what is yeah, it? Yeah, just go ahead and take yes. a crack at that. Say it. Uh, Johannes. 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 <laughs> Making it sound all German. Uh, um, Silent G. I'm sorry, Ronnie, but they spelled that name wrong. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, they did. Yeah, you don't have to apologize. I've been dealing with it uh, my whole life. It's awful. I, I believe me. Ed Edgerly has been mangled uh, thoroughly in my life too. Yeah. So. Really? Like Ed, have they said like Edgerly? Edgerly was the most common defend uh, offender, and then Eagerly. Uh, <laughs> okay. Just, just throwing eagerly. Just adding letters. That's how stage like, name. I, I eagerly yeah. what? What Edderly, did I eagerly do? Please finish yeah. the sentence. Edderly. I heard Edberg once, and I thought you're just seeing what you Edberg. want to say. Yeah. <laughs> Edberg. Yeah. yeah. So now I'm now my light is off. So I'm just gonna. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah. Now Ooh, there it is. A... I'm just experimenting with the different uh, warmths of it. But yeah, ready when you guys yeah. are. 